Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. We glorify you. I, um, y'all can just stay up there if you don't mind. Um, I, um, yesterday and today was working on the sermons. (laughs) And, um, just moments before I was walking out of the hotel room, God started changing it. I so appreciate that. No, I really do, because I don't want to bring mine and miss his. So I don't care if I've worked for days or weeks on something. Uh, what he breathes on is the help. And... Um, he started talking to me about praising and worshiping. Um, there, is, there is a proper approach. There is a proper approach to heaven. The word says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? That you may obtain Nothing goes unmet at the throne. I said nothing goes unmet at the throne. That's the place of obtaining. But you don't just step from the natural right there. There's an approach. We know that the greater one's on the inside of us. But there is an actual location where God sits. His throne is. And we're told the proper approach to that location. We approach it by faith. But the word tells us, um, come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So notice the progression. You go to the gates and the gates give you access to the courts. And then the throne, right? But notice, it's not appropriate to come with the wrong approach. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. Not with worry. Not with fear. Not with doubt. But with... Come into his gates with thanksgiving. I don't care what you're facing, but if you'll turn away from that toward him through thanksgiving, there's an approach to the presence of God in that. And no need goes unmet in his presence. Amen. It's not about staying in this realm and trying to get God to do something. It's about us choosing our world. And Jesus is the open door 
that we don't have to just stay footed in this or planted in this realm. Just the natural. But by faith, we come into his presence and we receive our needs met. But there's an approach. I said there's an approach. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments if you would, and we'll just follow how he leads us tonight. Amen. And y'all can be seated if you want. Just stay accessible. That's what I like, right? Victory does not mean that everything you need is in your current possession. It means you know how to access any help you need. Amen. Amen. Jesus, when the multitudes and he told the disciples, you feed them. They did not have in their current possession all the food to feed the multitudes. But the skill of Jesus' fellowship and his faith with his father and his approach to the father in the face of a need that he was able to access by faith the provision that would affect this realm. It's not about looking at your wallet and saying, do I have enough? Are we, (laughs) do we have access? By the blood of Jesus, we have access to all that we need. So quit looking at what you currently can calculate and say, can I move forward? It's about accessing, accessing what he does not withhold from us. And he's already made it ours. So we're not trying to convince him. To do something for us. He's made all blessings ours. It's about us accessing. What do you think? And if you've ever heard testimony or read any books that talks about heaven. You will never hear an account of heaven without it also being talked about the praises. And the worship that goes on continually. It's the flow of heaven. It permeates the atmosphere of heaven. That you can also, you can read often any account and one will say, praise the Lord. And then the whole region just, praise the Lord. Why? Because that's the flow. And in that atmosphere, it's a heavenly atmosphere. We can live there before we go there. By doing what they do. When we start doing what heaven is doing, we set heaven's atmosphere around us. And we determine what world we live out of. And I, there's no way to access all that is ours without this dynamic force of faith. Because we do that by faith. I was reading, God, God dealt with me about going back and reading the life story of Oral Roberts that he wrote, not that others wrote about him, but he wrote. 
And then he has another book. There's another book called The 12 Greatest Miracles of My Ministry. All These books have been out of print. And I was finishing up one of them. I was reading down in Florida. I was out one afternoon and I had finished that book and I was walking back one of the books, those two books, and was walking back to the hotel and Brother Richard Roberts called me and I said, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading your daddy's books and I'm wondering something. How come they're out of print? And he said, a publishing company has just picked them up and they're coming back into print. Phenomenal. And he talks about how the anointing came into his hand and how that healing ministry, what the steps he took and how God met his faith in that. And Brother Oral Roberts made this statement. He said, if I could get the people to quit looking at their bodies and see themselves before Jesus, I could get them healed every time because now they're in faith. Praising and worshiping God translates us from this realm into that flow. Angels will get involved when they hear praise and worship because that's the flow they're accustomed to. And when they hear that flow replicated, they get involved because they're involved in that flow. In heaven, amen. And some of what we need from heaven is going to take the involvement of angels. Amen. Everything is fully met in heaven. There's no need unmet. And so there, the, the residents of heaven are just enjoying and lapping up the abundance of God as they praise Can I tell you, that's how we do the same thing. We lap up the abundance of heaven doing the same thing. Amen. Miracles, healings, and answers. Every answer for the need of your life flows from his realm. Approach his realm. How? Come into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. And we become a partaker of that flow. I was listening to, um, I was listening to um, one minister talk about they were in a service. And um, a lady came up after a service to this one minister. She wasn't ministering in the service, but she was just part of the, the, the staff that was there. And this woman came into the service that had never been around a teaching on faith or healing, but she heard about these, this ministry, that, a particular ministry that ministered to those who are sick, and so she came. And she sat after the service with this staff member and said, I've been given a death sentence by the medical industry. And she said, uh, I want God to do something for me. And I so love what this minister did. And she said, you know something? I don't know all that you're facing or all that you need. I don't know 
how to change this, but I know how to get you to the one, bring you to the one who changes this. Meaning no pressure for the minister. Even Jesus said, he said, my father in me, he does the works. The skill is staying hooked up to the father, the flow of the father. You do that by staying hook up, hooked up to the word, following the Holy Spirit, hooked up to your spirit. Because he leads us through our own spirit. And so this minister said, uh, because this one said, this, I've never heard teaching like this. I don't even understand some of the things that I heard taught in the service tonight. And the minister said, it's not so much that you understand everything. It's about you receive of the one. Amen. So she said, I tell you what, uh, I can help you go there if you'll come with me. And she just began to worship God and worship God. And she said to the woman, just do what I do. And so this woman who needed healing just started worshiping. She watched her and she started doing the same thing. And they, they, they just sat at the back of the auditorium, the two of them, worshiping together. Because it's not always what you have in current possession, but you know how to access and that's what this minister was doing, accessing what this woman needed. And they sat and worshiped together for about 20 minutes. And at the end of it, the woman said, all oh, the pain is gone. The part of her body that she could check, it had changed. Why? Because no need goes unmet at the throne. Amen. It's just simple. It's just simple. And I so appreciate that the Holy Ghost is dealing with us about how we approach him this week. How we approach him. That in this first service of the miracle service, that it's not just by approaching him, telling him our need, but it's approaching him in thanksgiving for what he, coming to his gates with, Thank for what he's already done. He wants you to rehearse and remember what has he already done for you so that you have a you have it faith, you have experience with him. That when you have a need that you need to bring before him maybe this week, you, you're looking back to the experience of what you know that he's already done for you. We thank him for what he has already done. Coming to his gates with thanksgiving. People who are forgetful of what he's already done are hindered in their faith. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. And then you come in to praise. Can I tell you this? The majority of your day as a Christian should be spent worshiping and praising. The flow of your day. I'm not saying you're taking a stance like this all day, but as you're driving your car, praise the Lord. Father, I thank you. Because it holds you in his presence. Why? Because praising and worshiping is one of the highest ways to release your faith. And it keeps your faith on the tip of your tongue. 
if I could say it that way. You're releasing your faith all the time. His praise shall continually, what? Be in my mouth. Why? Because when his praise is continually in our mouth, our faith is continually in our mouth. And he answers faith. He has, if I could say this, tricked us into being effective. Releasing our faith by saying his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Amen. He's letting us know in Philippians what he was doing while he's in jail. He's rejoicing. Do you know the primary thing I did the day my husband went home to be with the Lord and the weeks after? I worship you, Father. I worship you. I worship you. Why? I have to stay fixed on the right realm. I have to stay tapped into the higher flow. Why? Because the lower flow needed so much. I needed so many answers. I needed so much help. And so I knew the, the, higher, the higher flow has all the answers, all the help for this realm. My... My job is to just stay connected to the answer realm. And not get in the mental arena trying to figure out my answer because my answer does not live in my mind. It flows from our Father. Amen. Um, And I just worshipped. And I worshipped. And I worshipped. And I worshipped. Not for the event, but because of who he was in spite of that event. And what I expected him to do for us in the face of that event. And what I expected the outcome to be. Because the devil wasn't just... When you look at what God has done since that event. In 186 countries... Preaching the word every day. The devil was trying to derail some things. He was, not, he was trying to get the prophet of God out of the way, no doubt. But he knew there was multiplication coming. And he was trying to abort multiplication. But what kept that strategy from hitting its target? I worship you, Father. I worship you. I praise you. I glorify you. I didn't have to figure out anything. I just praised my way through, through that strategy of the enemy. Aborting its intent. The devil didn't just want to get my husband out of the way. He wanted the ministry out of the way. He wanted me out of the way. He wanted my children out of the way. He wanted our local church out of the way. He wanted everything out of the way that God had had done. And it didn't work. It accelerated. It accelerated. It multiplied. It just multiplied. Amen. And you say, how does it work that way, the genius of God? I didn't have to figure out anything. I just worshipped it out. I I want to read to you something. Let me read 
a verse of scripture. Let me find it. You'll remember the passage with David. He had gotten with a little gal named Bathsheba. (laughs) And he, anyway. 2 Samuel chapter 12. A child came out of that union. And um, because David sinned and missed God in what he had done. And um, we'll start reading in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And so a child that was born out of that ended up on their deathbed. And it reads in verse 16, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto David, and he would not listen unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Verse 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. In the face of tragedy, what should be our first response? In the face of emergency... In the face of challenge, Amen. worship. worship. Yeah. So good. Praise God. Praise so it said, he came into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. Then he came to his own house. Notice this. He wasn't ready to deal with his personal life until his spiritual life had taken the ascendancy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He got off of him the event. It didn't say that he wallowed in that for days and weeks. As soon as the child is dead, turn the page. The day my husband went home to be with the Lord, I told her kids, we're turning the page. We're not changing the book. We're not throwing out all that was gained. We're not rewriting and trying to find a different flow or something that we think is more important. We're staying in the same book, but we're turning the page and writing a new chapter. And we're not blotting out the previous chapters. Because the previous chapters help us map our chart. Where we're headed, we can look and see all that... My husband put in us and all the men of God that has spoken into our lives. We're not walking into the future unequipped. We're turning the page and we're rewriting. And we're, 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 we're writing in our life the plan that God authored. And that's what David did. People might not have understood our response. 
But I just know this, there was still a plan to fulfill. Yes, amen. Amen, amen. And there are going to be people that enter your life and exit your life. And it matters how you treat those times. Because the devil wants to use transition to take you off course. Yes. What holds you on course? Worship. It anchors you. Amen. So it says, and he came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. And then he came to his own house. He wasn't ready to deal with family members until he had dealt with God. Through worship. Many times that's the problem. People are trying to address their problems when they haven't addressed worship yet. Address worship, you'll know how to deal with your problems. Why? Because in his presence you'll hear. And that's where faith lives, where God speaks. Faith lives in God's words. You've got to hear what he says to you. People trying to have faith apart from hearing what God says. There is no faith apart from God's words. Faith comes by hearing. We know this, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, it doesn't just come by you listening to someone's sermon. It comes by hearing from God. You didn't just hear from the preacher. You heard from God through the mouth of the preacher. If you're just hearing the preacher, that's not, faith won't be there. But if you hear God through the mouth of the preacher, you're hearing from God himself. And that's where faith lives. It's not about figuring out your help. It's hearing. I had... Um, I had someone recently ask me, they said, because it wasn't just my husband's home going I had to deal with. It was the projects. It was legal matters. It was financial matters. Thing needed several million dollars immediately. And they said, how did you bear up under that? I said, I didn't. I worshiped through it. Because worship is the releasing of faith. And when you're in the flow of faith, all that you need is received in that flow. Amen. And I said, in the worshiping, I heard. He told me what to do. Day by day, I heard. I had to hear. Worship was the hearing place. It wasn't just hearing a sermon. It was hearing what he said. I'm not belittling sermons. But if you just hear a man's voice, that's not enough. You've got to have something authored in you through the words of God that came through a man's voice. Yes. But no sermon can replace you hearing God for yourself. Hearing for yourself. When you hear for yourself, doubt's no struggle against you. I heard. Why? The Bible says God's voice is as many waters. It just floods you. 
It floods you. I'm not talking about in volume. I'm talking about instability. You're anchored. Right. Right. Praise God. Amen. So it says David came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house. And when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. What's this mean? He resumed living. He resumed living. Many people are living in what has happened in their past. They're living with ever mindful and ever talking, holding what someone has done. And I don't belittle or make light of things that might have happened against your life, but they are not your life. God has something bigger to go on into. Resume living. Verse 21, then said his servants unto him, what thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, you, you rose and you ate. Like you were just having, like it was no big deal to you. You just acted like it, the event never happened. And, and he said, Verse 22, and he said, when the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? How many of you know this isn't about whether God's gracious or not? Disobedience stole him, stole from him. God didn't have anything to do with that. Verse 23, but now he's dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Look at this. In other words, no, I can't. Me acting this way won't change what just happened. Me getting depressed, me getting worried, me becoming fearful, you becoming depressed, you becoming fearful, you becoming, you struggling over things that come against your life won't change it. He said, but now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? No. But he says, I shall go to him. Meaning, this isn't over yet. (laughs) Amen. Because for the believer, no one leaves your life. That move to a different location of heaven. They're in your future. You're you're just, go to them. But he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. (laughs) What made all the difference? What David did at the moment of tragedy, he worshipped. Because he worshipped, God could restore. And God gave him a son that walked in peace, wisdom, Uh and wealth. And he was able to carry on what David had in his heart of building the temple. All because David did the right thing at a critical time. He worshipped instead of grieved. Now, I'm not saying people don't weep or it's wrong. I'm saying to get under the flow or the spirit of grief and sorrow will not put you in heaven's flow. Amen. Now, Morgan was referring to 
the book on worship, what God said to me, I don't necessarily preach Brother Norville's sermons. I mean, who could preach Brother Norville's stuff the way Brother Norville? He could say things it's unlawful for me to say. <laughs> I mean, he could say things and people would thank him. If I said it, I'd get booted, you know. But taking what God said to him so what God said isn't lost. The light that God gave isn't lost. God spoke to Brother Norval and he said this, my children basically love me. In a general sense. My children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. So notice this basic love won't change that. Just, I love the Lord. Just living life mindlessly. Being content to just say, I love him and he loves me. You got to know something. You got to know something. He said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Listen to that. He didn't say they don't worship him. He said they don't worship me enough. What's enough? Dad Hagen used to tell us, praise brings the anointing, and the anointing destroys the yoke. That's why his praise shall continually be in my mouth, because then no yoke can get, can get on us. It keeps yokes from being able to attach to our lives. So we could say it this way. When he said, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. They don't worship him long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and destroy the yoke. I'm so glad that God is reminding us of these things because a miracle is not something for nothing. Meaning, in, in this phrase, well, I'm just waiting for God and his sovereignty to give me a miracle. Well, that's not even what sovereignty means. That's exactly right. It's been wrongly used. That word has been wrongly used. You know what sovereign means? If you will open maybe some King James version of the Bible at the front, they'll, it says dedicated to the sovereign King James. He was literally a man, right? When they use the word sovereign, they say they call a king sovereign. That means there's no one in that kingdom higher than him. That's what sovereign means. There's no one above him. So when you talk about God being sovereign, that means no one's above him. There's no power, no force, no ability above him. He is sovereign. It doesn't mean he does anything he wants anytime he wants. Because that's the way... The religious world has defined sovereignty. That's not sovereignty. Because every king abides by laws. Every king has guidelines that run and govern their realm. And they cannot break those laws. And God has laws and it's called the law of faith, the law of love. And brother, we better know them. Because that's how he moves, by faith. A miracle is not something for nothing. You've got to bring faith. Amen. 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 
The faith of worship is part of the law of faith. Faith to worship. Amen. And you say, well, I know of people who received a miracle and they didn't know anything about faith. Somebody knew something about faith. Somebody had faith because you can't get a miracle for nothing. No one even got saved without Jesus paying a price. And no one received that salvation till they brought their faith to receive. To receive him as Savior. There is no such thing as a miracle for nothing. No such thing. And that's what people are wanting many times in the untaught, unrenewed mind. They're just sitting back waiting for something to show up in their behalf. You don't have to live that kind of a life. That's a victim mentality. Waiting for, waiting for the generosity that's already been made yours. It's you coming boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain. It's you coming into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. You determine the flow of that power. The sovereignty of God, so to speak, in the way it's taught wrongly is God determines it. But first of all, that's not sovereignty. And second of all, that's not how, that's not word-based. It's not word-based. Every transaction of your life is based on faith in God's word. Period. And part of that flow of faith is worship. If we will stay and put in place the spiritual habit of worshiping God, it will hold us in the flow of heaven. It will hold us to where our faith is ever ready. We don't have to go find it somewhere. Try to dig down. Try to pray long enough to get it. Try to read the Bible because it doesn't come that way. But you know what people do, all the kind of spiritual gymnastics trying to work it up. We just keep it ever ready. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. At a moment, we can access it. Victory is accessing what's already been made yours. Amen. That's right. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Yeah. What am I saying? It's not hard. Not hard. No. Even though you... You know, on this side, on this side, in the natural realm, your situation may look tangled. Uh It may look very involved. It may look complicated, but not on God's side. Everything is simple in his realm. So So God said to Brother Norval, they don't live in heaven's blessings Because they don't worship me enough or long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and destroy the yoke. uh, To Brother Norval, God said this, you're teaching faith and confession. Well, that's right to do. You're praying for the sick. That's right to do. But you need to worship me more. And you need to teach my people to worship me more. Notice this. People have to be taught this lifestyle. Why? Because this world is teaching the wrong flow. Yes. 
You turn on the news, brother, it'll try to pump a different flow into your day. A different way of thinking into your day. People have to be taught. That's not the flow. The flow for the believer is a life of worship. The flow for the believer is a life of worship. Why? That's a life of faith. That's a life of walking in love toward God. Can I say this? Faith worketh by love. And too many times we only talk about the love toward humans. But what about our love toward God? Come on. So he said, you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. You have to be taught to worship when tragedy shows up. (laughs) You have to be taught to worship when there's not enough money to pay what you need to pay. Dad Goodwin, who was a a close friend of Dad Hagen's, that Dad Hagen had such a rapport with this man. And Dad Goodwin said, whenever I needed money, he said, I'd go in my office, close the door, and start dancing. You have to be taught to do that. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to the natural mind that when your bills are behind, you dance. You have to be taught something. You have to know something to do something like that. And you go, well, I dance around. Yeah, but you have to understand. (laughs) It's not just moving around to some beat you like. It's the release of faith through dancing. It's the release of faith through praise. It's the release of faith through rejoicing. It's the release of faith through worship. It's not just saying something. It's releasing faith as you say something. So he said, you need to teach my people to worship me more. I I guarantee you, the world did not teach me that when my husband died to walk into my bedroom and lift my hands and start worshiping God. God taught me that. Men of God that God put in my life taught me that. Men of God taught me. Did anybody say to you, Pastor Nancy, at a time of tragedy, worship? No, but they taught me to follow my spirit. And in my spirit, that was what the Holy Ghost led me to do. It kept me out of the mental arena, which is the arena of harassment. The devil is afraid of your faith. That's why he tries to keep you separated from it by trying to draw you up into the mental arena because there's no faith in your mind. The faith of God is in your spirit. All the mind can do is be renewed to the faith that's in your spirit. But there is no faith living in your mind. So the devil's always trying to draw us up into the mental arena because he separates us from where our faith flows from. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Keeps your tongue hooked up to the faith in your spirit. So that you're talking out of your spirit and not out of your mind. Listen to this. He said, you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God. And they're my children. Now, let me back up when he said, you need to teach my people to worship me more at a time when it looked like one of the projects and these projects that needed to be completed that my husband had started and had been trying for five years to complete so we had to get these completed and God enabled us within a year all of them were completed plus several millions of dollars of debt paid off 
And God, in a, God did that just by hearing. Because I tell you, I'm no, I'm no business genius, but he is. <laughs> and um, whenever, whenever I would worship and praise, I heard. I heard. When you need to hear, quit trying to figure it out and start worshiping. So it looked like one of these projects was collapsing, so to speak. It was not coming together. And if one, if I could say this didn't happen, it would have a domino effect on all the projects. So there, was a, there was a link and an order of how these things had to be completed. And I just got up on my patio one morning and I just, I started speaking to myself. I started worshiping and then I got in the spirit and I started speaking out psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. And I noticed this, that these prophecies that started coming out, they all had this common word victory in them. So I knew the outcome of this thing was going to be victory. So I just got up and I had this sense to get up and dance. In my pajamas, on my back patio. I just got up and started dancing. And while I was dancing, I heard. Why? Because in the worship, you hear. And I got up and I was dancing. And while I was doing that, the word of the Lord came to me. He said, in the rejoicing, power flows. Many times people are trying to get through their confession list and they haven't tapped into the flowing of the power through worship. Amen. In the rejoicing, power flows. I, I saw firsthand that happen when the days after my husband, I'm just worshiping and worshiping and so power kept flowing to every single need. Why? Because faith is what spoke forth that praise and worship. And faith is an open door. Faith does not heal you. Faith does not pay your bills. God does. But that faith opens the door for God to do it. Amen. Praise keeps the door open. Praise keeps the door open. Don't ever close the door to God. Don't ever close the door to God. Come on. Praising keeps the door open to God and closed to the enemy. Amen. So God said to Brother Norville, you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. Listen to this. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Notice what God has in mind, great and mighty things. And can I tell you this, that only people who are enlarged spiritually through worship can contain great and mighty things. Only people who live a life of worship are safe with great and mighty things. Because great and mighty things have taken many people off course. And if people learn how to worship and God can trust them to worship him, then he can trust them with great and mighty things. Well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. 
Miracles are not something for nothing. And don't think they are. Every miracle some man got involved in. Somebody did. You, you say, well, look at the man by the pool of Bethesda. His own faith was not involved in that because his faith was not mentioned. He didn't even know who Jesus was. In the temple afterwards, they said, who told you to take it for your walk? He says, I don't know. I don't know his name. He didn't, he'd never heard him preach. didn't know anything about him. But he still received a miracle. Why? Because of Jesus' skill. Skill with knowing the Holy Spirit and that man being healed through a gift of the Spirit. See, it's not a miracle for nothing. Somebody has to know something. Somebody has to know something. And one of the greatest things to know is worship and praise. Because that's the entrance into the flow of heaven in your life. Learn to put a spiritual habit in place. Worshiping when you wake up. Worshiping as you're getting dressed. Worshiping as you're driving to work. Worshiping even to yourself quietly while you're doing your work. Not neglecting your work because a man pays for your time. You give him your time. You can't steal from God and please, you can't steal from your boss and please God while you're doing that. But your heart can be turned while your hand is turned toward the work of a man that he's paying you for. Amen. Going to bed worshiping, going to sleep worshiping. Give yourself that spiritual habit. Because our life is a picture of our habits. Amen. Well, stand with me to your feet. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.